is dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or saber a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Today, we return to Winefabet Street, where the letter of the day is C, and it stands for Carignan. We had the pleasure of having special guests Tana Cole and Greg Burns of Jesse's Grove Winery in Lodi, California. Greg's family has owned the vineyards for Jesse's Grove since 1862. They are the owners of the Betchold Vineyard, ancient vines since so, and their Carignan Vineyard has vines that are 120 years old. I'd like to give a shout out to Michael Kelly for the introduction. So sit back and enjoy the conversation. It is a great one. While you are listening, please take a moment to rate and review Exploring the Wine Glass. Ratings are now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Audible. Taking one minute of your time really will help allow others to find Exploring the Wine Glass. Slancha. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, someday service, champagne specialist, and WSET level two graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials, as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to this month's episode of Wine for Bet Street. We are excited to bring you the letter C this month, and we are talking Carignan with Tana Cole and Greg Burns of Jesse's Grove Winery in Lodi. So, welcome. We are thrilled to have you. Um, so we're going to do just a little quick round of brief introductions. So for those of you who do not know, I am your co-host, Lori. My husband and I own Dracina Wines in Paso Robles. I write an award-winning blog and uh, produce a podcast under Exploring the Wine Glass. I am a UC Davis winemaking graduate, along with a champagne specialist in Somme Day Service, Cote de Ron, and currently in the uh, Spanish Wine Scholar Program. Keeping fingers crossed, I'm getting nervous because the test is coming up soon. So, Deb, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Debbie Giaquinda. I'm a certified specialist of wine, a wine location specialist in port and champagne, and a uh, what is it, a certified uh, sherry wine specialist. Um, I'm known as the Hudson Valley Wine Goddess, and I also am an author of the book Tapping the Hudson Valley, Day Trips and Weekend Itineraries, Visiting the Hudson Valley Wine Region and their craft beverage producers, farms, uh, restaurants, and I own a restaurant in Wildwood, New Jersey, or North Wildwood, New Jersey, called Trio North Wildwood. And we kick in our six-day work week starting tomorrow for until September. So, oh, and I'm also chairperson of the Hudson Valley Wine and Spirits Competition. 
So, wow. And today. <laughs> I don't want anything else added to my plate. Yeah. <laughs> and today I feel we holy are. inadequate. Uh, no. <laughs> just uh, a winemaker here. Just a winemaker here. That is, that, is, that is plenty. That is absolutely plenty. And today we need to be thankful to Michael Kelly, who gave us this introduction. And we have Tana Cole and Greg Burns of Jesse Groves Winery with us to discuss Carignan and all the beauty that it is. So welcome. And if you guys can just give us a little brief history about how you each kind of got into the wine industry, that would be fantastic. I'll let Tana go. She's our head winemaker. Um, so let's see um, how I got into the wine industry. I was a flight attendant based out of JFK for about 15 years back in the 90s and early 2000s. And traveling um, gave me a love of wine. And I loved uh, learning about wine and tasting wine all over the world. And um, I um, got bored and decided that I would go back to school and study winemaking. And um, that led me to California, of course. And um, uh, I guess the rest is kind of history. I've been um, with Greg here at Jesse's Grove off and on since um, harvest of 2018. And um, I've left a couple of times, gained a little bit more experience and, and um, keep coming back. This place kind of gets under your skin and you don't want to leave. And, um, uh, he and I. Uh, I'm work, thankful for that. You know, well, he and I work really, really well together, and um, we enjoy making wine together. So we're a good team. Yes. So, um, yeah. so that's my history. Um, Greg has a that lot. That was of, very brief. She's got. <laughs> she's, she's got a lot of history. Um, Greg has um, the the longest history, though. His family started this ranch in the early 1800s. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll let him tell you a little bit about that and about Jesse's Grove. Yes. Yeah, so my, my family goes back to 1868 on this ranch. So, you know, we originally- Just we a few years. About, just, just, just a few years. Yeah. And I always want people to know I'm not the first generation. I may look like it, but I'm the fifth generation. So we, you know, we, now I have a seventh generation that's um, 10 months old already. So wow. it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful history. Uh, we've been growing grapes on this, we're German immigrants and we, we've been growing grapes on this ranch since the 1880s. We have the oldest Cinso vineyard purportedly in the world. It's called the Bechtel Cinso, Google it. And it's, it's a fabulous vineyard. We have uh, a Zinfandel vineyard that goes back to 1889. And this is our third oldest uh, vineyard, the um, since, I mean, the, yeah, the Kerrigan. Um, so it goes back to 1900, but Historically, I've been back to the family since the 1990s, 1994, from other careers, and took up grape, grape growing from my family, and been on it ever since, and got into the winemaking as a home winemaker in 94. Commercially, we licensed and bonded, and I brought in a consultant, and I worked the, the winery um, from... 1998 until now. So this is my 22nd vintage as a commercial winemaker. Wow. And uh, yeah, a lot of history. Um, formal education was life education on, on winemaking. And, <laughs> That's the best you know, kind. And, and Tana yes. brings formal education as well as she's a good MacGyver as well out on the <laughs> wine. <laughs> I think you kind of have to be. <laughs> you got to be. Right. Yeah. Well, That's that 
That is a, that is wonderful. And we are excited to get into Karen Yan. So we're going to start our little introduction video, and then it's going to be time to taste and talk Karen Yan. Now comes the most, uh, Debbie's and my favorite part of the night, where we actually get to uh, raise a glass, uh, taste the wine, and say slancha. Slancha, mm -hmm. That's really nice. That <laughs> Thank is, you. That is Thank beautiful. You. That is beautiful. Thank you. Wow. That's our 2019 vintage. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite things on the ranch. And yeah. if you ask me about another vineyard on the ranch, I'll tell you that that's my favorite too. But they're like children. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's reasons to love them all. Yeah. Hmm. I, I get it. I get it. And you know, um, Karen Yan, I think, is um, such a special grape variety, and not a lot of people have have tasted it, have had it. It doesn't, it's not a grape variety that rolls off of somebody's tongue mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, this is my favorite grape variety, but mm -hmm. I love it. I I think it's that it is, is an unsung hero in, in my opinion. Absolutely. We do too. And we're finding more and more winemakers who want to make wine from our vineyard. I mean, every year we, we can't grow enough of it, but there's only so much of it because it's 122 years old. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's only it's only an eight acre vineyard. Um, That's it. Yeah, eight just eight acres. acres. Yep. Wow. It, wow. It's yep. a good producer. It's um, for the antiquity of those vines on, at 122 years old. We still, as the grower side of me, I you know I, I we still have to thin and light canopy do all all the normal wow. things. Yeah, it's um, very, very much deficit irrigated. You know, it's um, spent most of its life with uh, zero irrigations. It's uh, and the vines are the vines are over six feet tall. They're huge. They're like oh trees. my goodness, they really are. They're enormous. Wow. Like, what what's their what's their the width? Of the, the, like it's yeah. like I don't know. Can you see? It's they're yeah. Like, yeah, the oh leaves too. The leaves are enormous. Yes, the, the leaves They're can be like, this big. Yeah, like almost dinner plate size. Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, wow. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. So the the winery itself dates back. You you kind of briefly talked about it, um, but uh, Joseph Spanker. Uh, first of all, he rode cross country on a horse, like, uh, you know, <laughs> in 1862. So I, I don't know, you know, all I could think about is, man, my butt would be so sore, um, yes. you know, and I love horseback riding, but that's a lot of riding. Yeah, that's um, a lot of riding. <laughs> and he, he survived he, that. Yeah. And he came to California, you know, in hunts, you know, of the gold mining. I wanted to be rich, but he kind of failed there, but was successful yes in another route. So can you kind of tell us how he pivoted and how this plays into role into your history? Oh, absolutely. I love that's one of my favorite things is, is talking history mm -hmm. <laughs> outside of drinking wine, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, he, uh, 
um, he's one of six brothers in Germany. Um, he wanted to come to California because they, in Germany, in northern, uh, he was in, up in Elmshorn, Germany. Um, it was very small, and he knew that um, there wasn't much opportunity individually. So he, he decided, I'm going to go all the way to California, where they're scooping up the gold off the ground. So he, and buy, and then I can buy all the acreage I want. So he, he spent three years. He came to the U.S. alone at 17 years old. Spent three years on the East Coast learning the language, as you said, on horseback. He hooked up with a wagon train and 156 days across country to Stockton, California, which was the gateway of the, the Delta waterway system for everybody that was getting into mining. He went to Murphy's um, after he provisioned, he spent all of his money outside of uh, what, he, I mean, what he had, plus his horse and went to Murphy's and he, he mined and he got, um, he, he, he got stiffed on the fool's claim that many others had it was just like this didn't pan out brag about it all you want uh, he believed in it he's um he gave up his horse to mine um three weeks into it the old timers told him son you've been taken advantage of there's no, it's will never pan out he realized it so now at 18 19 20 probably 20 years old at this time he walked the murphy's grade road to stockton which would um, by car takes uh, an hour and a half, yeah. an hour plus. So he was he was walking. He he had a dollar twenty nine cents in his pocket. Caught cut a ride on a wagon for a dollar twenty nine cents in his pocket. He went just ended up in Stockton. Went to work for a farmer. The farmer recognized his talent. Made him a foreman. He spent he was making fourteen dollars and fifty cents a month room and board. Wow. You know, as he built his integrity with the or in confidence with his boss. Um, he, he found that he, he saved every dime he had and he went to the general store and bought all the supplies that he saw that they needed in Murphy's to survive as, as gold miners. And he borrowed a team of horses and a wagon from the farmer and sold it for 200% markup. Over the course of the next couple of years, he owned his own teams of horses and wagons and eventually he was able to reembark on turn twenty nine cents into fifteen hundred acres of land. Wow, <laughs> that's a heck of a turnaround. Smart man, yeah. no, smart man. Yeah, yes, very you never smart. Give up, never give up. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, the, uh, like the tenacity, right? right? You mm -hmm. can't. Yeah. The tenacity of it is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He is the matriarch of the ranch you know he's the one that um defines what we're about and his daughter jesse carried that legacy forward in her her generation and um preserved what he he started here the home ranch is was bought in 1868 and it's um he met his wife he met his future bride via he was settled he, now he needed to marry because he wanted to start a family and he met her at a wedding he married her the next day. Wow. wow. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. the whole other story there. It's my mom wrote the book of the family history, mm -hmm. which is spans 150 years from Elmshorn and Dargan, the two cities of northern Germany that they didn't even know each other. They came here 10 years apart. Mm -hmm. She came here via the Transcontinental Rail Railroad. The tracks east, east, west were only 10 days old. And when she crossed as an indent a freed indentured servant to come to a wedding in Stockton, 
and start a new life. And they met, they were married the next day. And wow. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. Yeah, quite a legacy. My, like I said, my mom's book is, it was, is a very celebrated book. It's in. So would Jesse be your mom's grandmother? Great grandmother. Yeah. Great grandmother. Actually, Jesse would be her grandmother. Her great grandmother yeah. in Anna. Okay. Anna, Anna was the indentured servant that married Joseph. Right. So Jesse okay. is your what? Your wife's grandmother. My. It, my, my, my mother's uh, grandmother. Oh, I meant your mother's. Yeah, your mother's yeah. grandmother. Uh-huh. I need yeah. an org chart. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> know, so, so your great grandmother. Yes. Your okay. great grandmother. Yes. Okay. You know, wow. it's, history is relevant everywhere we go. Tana and I are uh, working with a wonderful, dear set of friends to to reface and to re embolden the value of the history mm-hmm. this year. Yep. Yeah, 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 and we're making headway. What yeah, you think? Absolutely, every day <laughs> makes every our heads spin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every day. Yeah. That's that's it's, so much history. It is. It's that, a lot. I mean, that that really is, and I mean, and you're, you know, Jesse just her values, her virtues carry on her father's legacy down now generations. Yeah. Yes, she absolutely. did. Yep. She yep. was. A one-woman band. She was uh, um, instrumental in women's suffrage, you know, the right to vote, um, everything. Um, a you know, force to be reckoned with. A force to be reckoned I with. I love I, it. I, yes. There are very few men that could ever come alongside her and been able to carry the load that, and the tenacity that she had. Mm-hmm. And um, that way, the, the story is in, intense and immense. My mom, my, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that my mom was now 91 is the one that tells the story, that history. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she, since COVID, she hasn't been back out here, um, and, but she would sit with groups, mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 people, it's, it would, and for which it will be on our, our website soon. We had it professionally done, telling her telling her stories. And they were, she tells it in first, par- first person character voice. You know, the hero, heroes and villains all the way through <laughs> the history of Joseph and the history of Anna, all the way wow. to the present. You know? Oh, wow. And this is one of her favorite wines, by the way. <laughs> oh, so she has good taste, too. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, she does. She, she really does. does. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, cool. and additionally, you have like a framed legal document from Ulysses S. Grant. Like, yes, we do. Like, yeah. so tell us the story of that. And then like, did that just show up? Like, you know how they find, you know, at like the antiques things or whatever, you just hope yes. happened to open a wall and it was there or like, how did, <laughs> how did we find this? We well, have so many things that are historical just in our tasting room. And mm-hmm. we're trying to decide um, how and where we're going to put all of this stuff. We even have a museum um, that's out um, in a barn um, that has old farm equipment that's not just like irrelevant old farm equipment. It's actually things that are really interesting along with pictures of people doing things. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really kind of special. Not not just everywhere has this kind of thing. No. Um, no. How, how but the Ulysses you, S. Grant. So. Yeah. How, do you, how often do you have a, you know, this is a copy of the original. We have the original mm-hmm. in a safe. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's in full color and signed by Ulysses S. Grant as a, a grant deed to the property. 
um, it's uh, very special to, to carry that kind of historic history back in time. And like, did you just find it randomly or was it passed? Like, was it held coveted and was like, okay, pass this from generation to generation? Well, you know, when my mother took on the mission to be able to put the 150 years of family history together, um, that it was the art of discovery. Her aunt, which was um, Jesse's daughter um, and my great aunt, Vera Perrin. Um, Vera collected everything, um, but primarily she collected the family history from from her mother, Jessie, and from her grandmother, Anna. And she carried that and to her, she lived to be 103 years old. Wow. Now, when she was that. still living in her house at 95, 98 years old, I could sit with her and she could tell me the history of all her neighbors that lived used to live next to her. She couldn't tell you what happened yesterday, but she could tell you. They could tell you where who who lived there, where they moved to, who their kids were. So that type of mentality held intact her mother's and her grandmother's history. It's where my mom worked with her for five years to develop the book and the timeline and translating it because a lot of everything that they discovered was in German. Yeah, so it was it was quite a legacy, but somewhere along the line, I don't know where this particular grant surfaced. It may have, it was probably in a lot of the archive collections she kept in her house. Yeah, very special. <laughs> yeah, pe people recognized importance of of historical things back then. Now people just rip things apart and throw them away. And throw and, them out, you know, there's no saving anything. Uh, you know, I, know I told my kids there's certain things that they cannot throw out. But then again, I'll be dead, so who knows what'll happen? <laughs> <laughs> my mom, over the years and years that she sat and told this story, and and it never wavered from her her book. She always had her book, and she would show the page and and the text and referenced it always. But it was to your point. Um, there were so many people that sat with her and said, I wish I had kept my documents. We had no idea that, that these, all these amazing photos, didn't know who the family members were. We just threw them away yeah. and said, once it's gone, it's gone. Yep. Right. Yep. That's true. Look at the legacy of your family. How they've, many? They've been here a long time. Tell, tell us how long you've been in the States, your family. <laughs> well, they're from the East Coast or, um, mm -hmm. uh, Debbie, you're from the East Coast? Yeah. So we yeah, both are. Yeah, yeah. So um, your family probably goes back a really long way, too. My family helped settle Massachusetts in the 1600s. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm uh, a newbie. <laughs> so a wow. long time, right? No, okay. my, my grandfather came to the States in the 20s, 1920s. Okay. Okay. And uh, my grandmother was already here. My other side of my family, I, I don't know. They came, they came from Germany when Alsace was part of Germany. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. A long time. We had a relative on the Titanic. <laughs> oh, that's cool too. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully one of the survivors. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Not very many. I don't, I don't think so. 
The name is on the manifest, and that's all we know. <laughs> that's really cool, though. My wow. family were shipbuilders, and that's how they came. They were back and forth. So, yeah, oh, okay. That's, they, yeah, that's why they were why they were here. Or why my were, um, like, my great aunt um wrote a book on our family. We had vineyards in Hungary and um, oh, cool. and stuff, and she wrote book. On the whole thing, I was re reading the best trashy novel about your family. Oh, that's cool! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, yeah. So you know, your guys are six generations in in the wine industry, and that's that's pretty significant. You yeah. know, and, and how everything yeah. dates back yeah. in, and going on seven in 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 the area. Are you one of the oldest families? I would say so. Yes, for sure. I mean, there there are a few. Um, other really old vineyards, I think the Kirschman Vineyard and mm -hmm. the Michael David's um, history goes back to the, mm, I think about the same timeline. Okay. 1860s, 1880s. Okay. Yeah, there's there's about three or four families, and the Metlers as well. Okay, the Metlers. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. It's amazing how much history Lodi has. I think it, mm -hmm. it, it lost over quite a bit, but there's. Lodi is a really cool place to be. It really is. I've been to Lodi and I think so. I yeah. was there on a press trip and I want to go back. Well, come There's, visit. I know. You, you have to wait till January, February, or March for me to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> come on down. Or come on I, just, over. I was very impressed. Um, I went for um, the, uh, the Wine Bloggers Conference a few years ago and mm. um, it it was very eye-opening to the, because in all honesty, Lodi kind of gets a bad rap, you know, I agree. They, I you know, agree. they get a bad rap and bad raps occur because people say, get one, one concept in the mind and that's what takes off and people don't yep. really experience it. Um, yep. But in terms of being there, the wines were exceptional and the knowledge of, the grapes that grow well and how to grow them well in the region is was fantastic and i think that that's you know you can have a not so and i don't i don't mean this in a bad way but like a not so desirable region right lodi has the heat all of that stuff so it's not like ah this is you know heaven on earth but you know right. how to grow the grapes that grow well and yep. make the region be exceptional. So it's now a fantastic region to be in because yep. you know how to work the land, basically. Exactly. And and what grows well, I mean, we always, everybody comes and people who are used to going to Napa will always say, oh, I want a cab. Well, we grow a lot of cab in, in Lodi, but I don't think it's our best foot right. forward, if, if you will. Um, but we do grow Bordeaux varietals here that do well. Like our Petit Bordeaux is is yeah. an award-winning Petit Bordeaux, and it grows really well here, and it produces a beautiful wine. Um, uh, we also do Merlot pretty well, um, and Malbec pretty well as well. But um, Petit, Petit Syrah. and yeah, and Petit Syrah. So it just depends on um, on the varietals. I mean, like any region. So I think right. uh, Lodi's gotten. Um, uh, there are 
a lot of things that will grow here, but there, like any other region, there are some specific varietals that do very well here um, and produce really good wine. Um, and I think that Lodi takes um, the their region so seriously. And I love the fact that you put on your own stipulations of what makes categories, you know, like your, the, the Lodi rules and all of yep. that. You, you take what, what the TTB, what the, you know, AB, you know, all of that stuff and they have all their own regulations. And then you guys like, yeah, that's good. We're going to follow those rules because we have to, because it's governmental yeah. law, but we're going <laughs> right. to make these rules to make sure that we're producing the best quality wine that we can exactly. in there. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it, it's important. fun. Yeah, it is. It is important. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we, we, um... And now a word from our sponsor. Looking to be in the know about Dracaena wines? Want to be the first to know about our new releases and special offers? All you need to do is sign up for our newsletter. There is no commitment necessary, and I promise you we won't spam your mailbox with loads of messages. Need another reason to sign up? Quite possibly the best reason? You'll immediately get a discount code for 10% off your first purchase and be privy to newsletter-only discounts. Let Dracaena Wines turn your moments into great memories. Visit our website, www.dracaenawines.com, or use the link in show notes to sign up. It will take you less than a minute, but the rewards will last a lifetime. I think it was from the 1990s forward uh, when the Lodi Wine Grape Commission really got some momentum going is then we got away from, you know, the, the big winery f format where we were the, the filling element to, to hit the big bulk programs. And, you know, we know who we're talking about when we say those big wineries. And um, and and that that transformation from theirs to, into the early from the early '90s into late '90s, you know, when we came aboard in 1998 into the early 2000s, and Lodi rules developing from there, we've evolved probably faster than most regions, because mm -hmm. um, other regions like Napa Sonoma already had their their signature. They you know they they are who they are. And they were hard to compete against, and we had no opportunity to be comparable or compatible. Mm -hmm. But you know, by by the early two thousands, there were a lot of wineries in Napa Sonoma that were sending fruit from over the hill to them from us mm -hmm. in, in their, and you know, in their Lodi own Lodi Appalachian wines mm -hmm. under their forte. Well. Uh, Lori, you're in Paso. So how do you feel about Paso and, and seeing that region grow up? Because, I mean, it, that's kind of, it, it kind of started that way. And, and now Paso has moved, has moved up in the world as well. Yeah. It is, um, it's exciting and scary at the same point. Um, <clears throat> you know, we have people who are moving in that it's, you know, it's good for the it's good for the community, but is it good for the community? Um, you know, and there's the there's that's there's that worried essence of you know we want to be Paso and we want to remain Paso and are we 
following in the footsteps of other regions that we may not want to follow the footsteps in. Um, you know, uh, so it, you know, I, it's, it's an interesting time. I would like to hope that, that as much as the money is starting to come into Paso, the people who are being purchased, um, are still sticking to their guns of keeping it Paso. And, you know, the, you know, like my, my, my favorite neighbor, you know, like that's, that's big money now, but he's still, Eric is still involved in day-to-day -day things, making sure it's still Paso. And that's, cool. that's what I hope continues as mm -hmm. we do it. But yeah, as, as a region becomes recognized for having quality fruit, other mm -hmm. people are going to come in and want that fruit. And, Absolutely. you know, Lodi fruit, Paso fruit, it, no matter how phenomenal it is, it's at the moment cheaper than, yep. than the yep. other, you know, than Napa Sonoma yep. fruit. So those wineries yep. are going to say, my gosh, this is a bargain. I can make double gold wine. I can make 90 plus point yep. wine for significantly less dollar. Yep. Why not yep. take that fruit? Yep, that's exactly where we're sitting um, with our ancient vine fruit and like like the Carignan, we have winemakers knocking on our door that that say, you know, can we please have some of your fruit? Um, we want to make some Carignan too, or from our um, ancient vine Zinfandel, we want to be a part of that vineyard. And there's there's only so much. Um, right. and, and, and we yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, and that leads me right into your Senso, uh, like. It's Oh my God, that's and so like bow down and praise whatever entity you pray to for that. Yep. So, you yep. know, I mean, the Betchold Vineyard is the vineyard for Sinso. And, it you know, is. we have Turley that makes the mm -hmm. Sinso from there. And yep. it's incredible. It's like, beautiful. Yep. 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 Tegan does a beautiful job. Yes, he does. Um, he's He also gets the carrying on, right? Yes, he gets our carrying on. Uh, oh, is it this? Oh, oh, see, I didn't know that, but I love that yeah. wine, too. <laughs> yeah, under his own label, under yep. San, Sandlands. Yeah, that's right. Sandlands is his own label. An amazing, okay. amazing guy. Yeah. I would... I'd, I would be the first person who wanted to listen to him to be interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's brilliant. He's um, passionate. Yep. Committed, personable, and you know, it's just like his his boss Larry Turley. He stands out in the crowd. He's he's tall. <laughs> I've been I've had I the, our royalties in Fendel was um, I farmed it for uh, Turley for Larry Turley for through his one of his his second winemaker Aaron Jordan beyond Helen his sister. He went, moved on to Aaron and, and really got connected with that family. So when Tegan came into the fold, it was so natural and, and nice to, to have the Turley loop back in our lives again. <laughs> it is, it, honestly, the, the vineyard is, I, I don't think there is another Senso vineyard that is comparable to that. Like that, re that really is the, the, you know, we're not worthy vineyard. Yep. Definitely. 
Yep. We feel that way too. <laughs> you need to put up some sort of statue or something. So when people come to visit it, they can like bow down, get their pictures taken. <laughs> we, we feel that way about the Karen Young Vineyard and the Royalty Vineyard as well. And you know, when okay. we take people, yeah, when we take people out there, everyone is amazed. I've, I've had yeah. friends that, that have visited and, and want to name a vine. Um, <laughs> they're so excited about seeing the vineyards because they're, they're unlike anything else that that people have seen. Um, they're, yeah. they're really amazing. Um, the best experience. Now, how many acres? You you said you had eight acres, right? Of the, of yes. the uh, seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. seven point seven and a half. Yeah, we do. Seven. The uh, the royalty Zinfandel vineyard that was planted in eighteen eighty nine is has got about a half an acre of its five acre. It's only five acre block maybe a little bit more than half an acre uh, that is also occurring and so um you know so the, it kind of rounds it out and it also has age factor to it so it's not just 122 years old it's now there's some of it is potentially when it's added back in is is 130 some mm -hmm. years old yeah. how, how do you how do you maintain Vines that are so old. I mean, you know, here in the East, we have to every year worry about frost and, you know, replant and stuff. And these, these vines are 122 years old. I mean, yeah, how do they, you keep them going? To yeah. the test of time. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are, uh, the Carignan um, are falling over. And we spent a lot of time last year out in the vineyard um, staking them and propping them up. Um, so that they could continue to be healthy and produce um, um, the the royalty vineyard, the Zinfandel. Um, it's it's actually a field blend. So we call it a Zinfandel vineyard, but it's really a field blend. Um, about eighty five percent Zin. About eighty five percent Zin. That's right. And it has a little bit of Mission, a little bit of Black Prince. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. I heard that. I heard you're pouring more wine. <laughs> <laughs> Music to my my first glass is empty. <laughs> we like that about you. But maintaining the old vines, you probably can speak more to that than I can. Well, you've been out there helping me. <laughs> yeah. It's a labor of love. We use, I, know, I don't want to use conventional metal stakes. I use wood stakes. Um, I find a limb that's hanging low and, and bring it up to the right height and cut that stake off just at that perfect height with a notch so that when I tie it, it won't slip. It's you like know. giving grandma a, um, corset, <laughs> <laughs> a corset or a walking stick or a walking stick, a walker, a, a walker. Yeah. It kind of looks like a vineyard yeah. full of walkers. <laughs> Tender loving it care. Does, but it's Tender loving gigantic. care. It is TLC for sure. Mm -hmm. yep, but yep. when you see the size of those vines, oh, the Senso, because of its age, its antiquity, is just you're 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 walking in something that is pure history. Um, they it's humbling. The royalty and the, the Zin, Zinfandel and the, the Carignan are you're walking in the, the equivalent of this, you know, the Valley of the Giants trees, you know, of, of vines. These are. Did you see Michael Day? I mean, Michael Kelly said that earlier. Did he? Uh huh. Just uh, on the like yep, yep on the chat. Yep, that's yeah, yeah. that's it, cute. Um, yeah. What is it? Um, 
Greg LaFollette mm -hmm. said um, of the royalty and of the, the Carignan, he, he buys part of that as well. And he said, the only appropriate way to walk into that vineyard is on your knees with your hat off and, and give <laughs> homage. Yep. Yes. Give on, yep. you know. We're not worthy. Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. We're here, we're here to learn. You yep. know, and it tells you something every year. I mean, it really does. Mm -hmm. I mean, it. It tells you, yeah, how much fruit do I need to drop? Um, you know, yeah. when do I need to pull these leaves? Yes. And just it. It's it continually educates me. I mean, I'm, this is thirty plus years of growing, and every year up until the last five years, I think it was uh, a humbling experience of, oh, did I get that right? No, I, I don't think I did. You know, how do you how do you get the best from these vines? And and now I think we're into a vein of um, communication and or a language that the vines and we speak together. I so. think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm it's going a, to say like that. Mm -hmm. that this 2019 um, Carignan, which there we go, um, spoke well to you and you spoke well to it. Because <laughs> it speaks well to us. <laughs> and it has carried over to speaking very well yes. to us, as Debbie said, because this is beauty in a glass. Mm -hmm. oh. Thank you so much. Oh my oh. gosh. It is. So can, can you talk us through the vintage, what it was like to, to make the wine, what, what you look for, you know, when you're making this, making the final product, you know, mm. tell us through how from vineyard to bottle, what you had to do for this beautiful yeah. wine. So break to glass. Yeah, from grape <laughs> to glass. So it's usually one of the last things that we bring in. It's it's one of the the um, things that ripen the latest. So it's typically um, I don't know what number this one was, but la I looked up to see what last the twenty was. It was the forty fourth um, thing that we brought in that year. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's one of the last. This was the. W19037. Okay, so 37th, yeah, right. the, it was the 37th. So depending on how many lots we bring in every year, it's usually one of the, the latest. Mm -hmm. um, so um, it's late ripening and it, it hangs there until the last second until we just decide it's it's time, it's um, sugars are right and um, we're happy with the way that it looks and, and tastes and um, uh, we bring it in and just give it some love and uh, then we let it age. I think Michael was asking how long do we let it age and we let it age for about um, 18 months and this vintage only has between 5 and 10% oak so we're very light on the oak. Um, okay. This year seems to taste a little bit more acidic than, than others. Um, is the oak a couple years old? Most all of our oak is neutral and then we'll put um, we'll put just a, a small percentage on some new oak mm -hmm. and um, and we'll just use that to blend back in until we we figure out exactly what we want. Um, mm -hmm. Carignan's also a really good blender so mm -hmm. we'll use um, a little bit of Carignan to blend back into some some zen or something else that we want that spiciness to or a little mm -hmm. bit more fruit um, to add to, to anything else that that just kind of needs it um, and we'll just we just work our magic and and um, in the blending room. 
Oh, and it's still magic to us, even though we've had so many year. vintages. It's like, wow, watch yep. this. Ooh, let's taste that. Ooh, what if we do this? <laughs> yeah. It's hard for us to get anything else done. We just like want to go out there and taste, taste, taste. Yep, exactly. Yep. yep. That's fun. So so now you you do spell it the Spanish way with the E on it. Yep. So yep. is there it is there a reason for that? Do you just like the way it looks with the E? <laughs> what what's that? You know, that is a Lodi thing. Yes, so if is. you ask oh. Greg, say Karen Yon, he it would most. Kerrigan. So that's a very Lodi, a very Lodi okay. word. Kerrigan. Yep. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. Not Karen Yon. <laughs> not Karen Yon. Yeah. It was, um, I've had so, so many former, um, Salespeople that would they called it everything under the sun from carry on luggage to whatever you know it's like, <laughs> <laughs> carry on luggage I love it. <laughs> there were three names that I was going to give my daughter who's Jessica, uh, the mother of the seventh generation, and and one of she be, she became Jessica, but Megan was in their hunt, but also Kerrigan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if she become Kerrigan, she would have a real identity crisis with like, nobody can get my name right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that honestly in marketing, that is actually hurt its shelf space. Um, Cause people don't know what it is. Yeah. Yep. It does. Have and it does crisis. go by a bunch of other names as well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, all throughout the world too. Yes. It Correct. Does. Oh, yeah. 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 But we call it Karen Yon or Kerrigan. <laughs> I do. I think that that has a lot to do with not just Karen Yon in general, but like a lot of uh, other grape varieties in the United States. Pe mm -hmm. United States people, Americans want to be able to pronounce what they're drinking. Exactly. And, you know, they're not they're not comfortable picking up a bottle that. They're like, oh, I don't know how to say this or, you know, why is yeah, this yeah. spelled this way or something like that. Yep. But yeah. I, I mean, in all honesty, for this, I'm happy because this that just means more for me. <laughs> 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 well, thanks. <laughs> Interesting. Um, side note, not side note, but the value and history of that. There's seven different wineries that participate in this eight acre block, but okay. they're assigned you know, I, I look at my, I do the, the historical numbers and dissect it to pieces. And I look at mm, how many pounds we actually were pulling from the vineyard, not in terms of tons per acre, but pounds per vine. And we allocate to the different wineries that number of wine, of vines that, um, that they're going to get this year. It's not how many rows, it's, it could be as simple as um, how many vines in one row. The bunch are the bunches of the Carignan grapes are enormous, and some of them. What do you, they top out at? They can this year. They're they're not. We okay. have to do a walk this okay. year. They're smaller bunches, but okay. they um they can go up to three quarters of a pound. Yeah, per bunch they're they're big. Wow, I mean, that's a heavy bunch of grapes. Yeah, it is. Huh. Wow, about point five. Okay. Yeah, so they're. They're a third less than what we would normally see. They're still size. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're still si they're still sizing. They're not. There's no way we. Yeah, it's early. Yeah, it's really early yeah. yet. But 
but there's there's they stand off they're so beautiful you know with the the moss and the lichen on the vines from 122 years of history out yep. there that's beautiful mm -hmm. i'm a big fan of lichen i think it's so pretty i, I like it, it. Is. <laughs> you know you talk a lot about your Sinso and and kerrigan uh you know the vineyards and stuff and at one point there was some confusion be between the two grapes. Why do you think there was a confusion, be, you know, between the grapes? Carrying on and since so? Yeah. The confusion. I think they get lumped together. Yeah. Like, Maybe so. Um, I think a lot of um, perception is that they were used in the past as um, like filler mm -hmm. wines and um, oh. yeah. instead of as separate varietals and we just happened to be lucky here that that they didn't get pulled out mm -hmm. and that we yeah. have the opportunity yeah to continue to make them as single varietals and that but greg started the tradition i guess mm -hmm. of making them as single varietals the first vintage i went back in time the first vintage we made was 2003. oh interesting wow okay. 79 <laughs> that's a lot of vintages that is a lot of vintages um, yeah there was a 32 acre block that's the merlot now okay that was right next door and very few things in my family ever always agree on but the but we were tree huggers when it came to that vineyard we did not want to eliminate that 32 acre block but it was um, it was a 1930s 1940s no issues no vine decline no viral issues but age matters this this vine with its hundred century mark plus was night and day i i did a, you know back then i did a side by side i said i i wanted to do the hail mary you know at the football game when you're you're behind and you're going to throw that last shot and it's into the end zone and hopefully somebody's going to catch it right well it didn't catch you know they we took the 32 acres out because they can could not carry the antiquity of the flavor profile oh wow yeah. yep yep that's um something that's also we find interesting about the carignan the royalty um the other ancient vine or not ancient vine but the other old vine vineyards that are here are the intensity of the fruit um from other younger vines you just don't get the intensity of the fruit it just um i guess it's the tons per acre that it produces while this one still produces almost six tons to the acre, uh, which is amazing. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. But the intensity of steroids. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the intensity of the fruit that you get from the ancient vines is is so different um, mm. than what we get from other vineyards. And not that's not to take away from any of the other vineyards because we think that we produce really good fruit here. But um <laughs> Uh, Winemakers don't get make good bean counters, do we? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> the, the logistics can say you cannot continue that vineyard, and we're not talking about the Carignan, but the like the Westwind and others. You know, when they're less than a ton and a half to a ton per acre, but yet, um, what arguably what what would you say the best vineyard of taste profile is on around? Who? There are several, um, uh, but yeah, our, our West, but our Westwind Zinfandel has, um, a very, um, very much a signature profile that, um, for a Zinfandel that is 
very different from any other, I think, Lodi Zen. I think Lodi Zen carries a signature and this one doesn't carry that signature. And that's not to take away from any other Lodi Zen because we, we grow a lot of Lodi Zen. Um, but that vineyard carries a different signature and the intensity of the fruit is um, amazing. Um, it produces one of the best Zinfandels I've ever had. Wow. Um, and, um, I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think we do Petite Bordeaux really well. I think our Petite Syrah is um, amazing. Um, our other Zins are really good. Mm -hmm. um, we have an Alicante Boucher, which there's only 1%, I think, of wow. California's planted in Alicante. And um, we're lucky enough to have that. And um, yeah. We'll so have to mental note that, Debbie, for season four. All right, four I'll put that in the notebook. I've, I've, <laughs> I've got stuff I've, I'm doing for season four already. <laughs> so, okay. So bringing, bringing it back to, to Karen Yan, um, your, your Karen Yan is um, in Vaso or head trained. Um, mm -hmm. Is that typical for, I, I may, I don't even know if you can call typical because I think you guys are Carignan. You are what makes Carignan Carignan. So like, is that, is that how the vines like to be grown or is that just traditional? What are the benefits of Invaso or head trained? I like the, the Invaso. I do too. Yes. And that is more indicative of what it is than head train but it's um they wire was never introduced until the 1950s 60s somewhere in there i think um never became a signature aspect for putting trellising in until then in the 1960s 70s um so it's um there was only one way to grow vines um is it is it a better system um, it's hard, it's hard to know because for this particular vine, I would say, yes, absolutely it is. And there's a reason why, and that's, um, the, the age of these vines and what I had to learn as a young grower, um, could have shot a, a hole in the whole program. And I was thinking, why don't we train these as vertical as possible? Why do we have these long arms hanging out there with their, that I, as we discussed earlier, have to put extra stakes in to hold them up. Why not just get back to the trunk of the vine? Well, it's the extrapolation, it's the extraction of the concentration happens with the, you know, the um, antiquity of the vine. So if you put that on a trellis system, I don't think you would have ever gotten that. You would have always kept it short. It's, it, getting these densities and complexities really matters mm -hmm. with the length of arms. I, I was back in the, the 19, early 1990s, I was able to farm the royalties and, and the Carignan both directions with a, a tractor and a disc. There's no way ever could do that anymore. They've continued to grow, grow in a singular direction to the point where they're almost touching their neighbor the 10 foot away. <laughs> wow. and so it's like, oh my God, yeah. is that good? Yeah, I think that's that's what's in the glass that makes the difference. Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. It's also um, all of the, the attention that it gets 
from the hands. Um, those vines get touched multiple times because you, you just can't get in there any other way. So everything has to be hand harvested. You know, there's no um, uh, moving machinery and equipment in there to, to do any of the hard work that has to be done. Everything has to be done by hand. So um, it's very expensive to farm. Um, <laughs> and just like we were talking the bean counters, um, it's um, we have to convince them every year why we want to continue to do it. But yeah. um, <laughs> but we do. We because do, we do. of this right here. This is why <laughs> yeah, exactly. them to do it. Exactly. We want to continue to do it um, because we love it. Um, there's only one other vineyard that's a Carignan vineyard that I know of that um, is as old as ours, and that's um, in Sonoma County. It's called the Oatville Vineyard, um, and it's up in Cloverdale. Um, oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I think it's 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 mixed in with the Zinfandel Vineyard. Um, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it's there's other grapes that grow in that vineyard besides Carignan. Is it vinified separately? Uh, yes, it is. Yep, yep, yep. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Nancy we we need a road trip. We do. Yeah, need a road trip. Road trip. Uh, Nancy Walker, um, she makes um, a carignan from that vineyard. Hers is absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do we know the parents of carignan? Oh, do we know the parents of carignan? I might be able to Google it for you real quick. No. <laughs> actually, I don't. I, I actually did some research and I don't think they do eat. No, either. yeah, I don't. Okay. It's, it's, it's um, intensity was in Spain and France. Right. They, in France, they actually paid growers to take the Kerrigan out, Kerrigan out, <laughs> because it was so prolific. It was yep. undermining the intensity of what their region was with their cabs and, and their other types of plants. So, but yeah, California, I, I, the home is like Carignania in spain yeah yep. yeah. Like that's, yeah 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 it also had quite a quite a history in sardinia oh i did oh. not know that yes i, I know was reading up on it and i oh, closed cool. the file but yeah oh so. i'm gonna google that that's awesome i have mm -hmm. not have not read that um i know they're the red wines that come from there are supposed to be the ones that have the most resveratol so drink up <laughs> <laughs> another reason Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And because um, a Kerrigan is a late ripener, does it pose any problems for you? Never. I don't Never? think we ever, no. We have no issues with with any um, any mold. I mean, the mm -hmm. fruit comes in every year. It's some of the most beautiful fruit that you could ever see. It's almost like it is. It fruit. is susceptible to all that. The powdery mildew, the downy mildew, and. That. Mildew is his, his biggest weakness, and um, it's um, if you if you if you have any mildew pressure on your your ranch, you better check there first. Okay. Um, and so it's always problematic in that sense. Um, you know the you know it's it's managed in, in doing well in, in our region because we don't have the phylloxera issues with mm -hmm. sandy loam soils. And, has spared us here, um, but it's, um, it just it does well. It, even again, as because it is the late, latest uh, mm -hmm. harvest, there there there've been at least three vintages of the last twenty two for me where we're picking it in the rain. Mm -hmm. It's like you get, you're geared up, you you got your rain suit on, you you're you're trying to spin it into the crusher, and you got protection over the top of your your um, 
sorting table? You, well, the sorting table as as well as your um, your forklift, your spin dumper, and you know, 15, 20 minutes into that, the hell with it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just, just run with it. We're, we're soaked to the bone, but we're loving every second of it because it, it is, it's, it closes the season, but in the way it, it opens the value of that season too. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so when, when, um, we have a question from Michael, he, and we, we are curious too. So, Karen Yon typically, like as a single varietal, which is not very common, but you guys make an incredible one. Like, what would you say is the aging potential of this wine? Because as I'm sipping it, the the acidity is magnificent. Like there, there's just magnificent is the only word that comes to my mind, and it that's not. That is not giving it justice, honestly, (laughs) Um, you know, but, but the acidity and the, the tannic backbone is so well implemented into the wine and the, the, the dark fruits and the spice and, and the, I'm going to go, yeah, the earth, but it's kind of like a, um, like caramelly too. There's like a, a, a toasted, a toasted caramel um, to it. It's, it's so beautiful. So like what, if I, I can drink this now and I'm going to drink a lot of it tonight. Um, but <laughs> what, what is the lay down period? What would you suggest in terms of how long this can, can lie down? On this 2019. I would say in on this 2019 and then in general, what somebody can expect for a Carignan. You know what? I think um, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I would say five to seven years. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it, because we do have a little bit more acid in this, it, it helps with the longevity um, because it's, it's going to soften the longer that we keep it in our cellar. But I think five to seven years is I'm, yeah, I totally agree with that. Okay. I'll have um, to pull back some of the other vintages to see how far back yeah, we can yeah, go. Yeah, see how they go. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Come on out. We'll we'll jump into the library and see how far back <laughs> we can go. We... Okay. I, right, I'm on okay. my way. I'll come out for that. I'm on my way. Okay. <laughs> October, November, December, I can do uh, Monday to Thursday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> come on over. I, I, I can go to come out for like three days. Okay. We'll find you a spot. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) No problem. Cool. So what are the characteristics of the grape? So somebody that is new to care to the wine, what, what can they expect? The flavors? I mean, we're talking about baking spices. um, Mm -hmm. I got some cigar, a little cigar box on it. Oh, I love that. Yep. 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 Our suggestion yeah. just took it. Yep. Um, I love that the meatiness and the earthiness mm-hmm. of it. I yeah. think that's one of my favorite characteristics of this wine. I, I like it because it's something that is unexpected. Um, if you're one who drinks a lot of cab, um, it, it's it's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not something that people are, are used to drinking. And sometimes I think the same thing about the Alicante Boucher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a flavor that's unexpected. So, um, 
it pairs well with a lot of different foods. Um, we always say that it's one of the best ones for um, Thanksgiving dinner because it it goes really well with turkey and, mm. um, dressing or, cranberry or and, yeah cranberry. Um, <laughs> um, we did a winemaker dinner um, that Michael helped with, and mm. um, the chef paired it with venison, and it okay. paired beautifully I can see with that. that. Yeah, it, that was something that was really nice. Uh, Michael Michael is saying he's getting plum, fig newton, earthiness, crushed uh, berries, and Bing cherry. Oh, I love the, the fig mm. newton. The fig newton, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm so also getting, um, if you've ever been uh, like to the, you know, like to the east coast of, of Spain, like the Jumilla region, there's that, that bramble, that rosemary kind of brush. -ness. It's like the Mistral in, in France, like when you smell Mistral. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. I love that. I, I'll often say that about some of the wines here too. Um, that's cool. That's interesting that you picked that up. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, it is. It is so complex, um, but, but not to the point where this is a nerd only wine. No, it's that, easy drink. Yes. I was just gonna say it's easy. It's very easy drinking. I have that written in my notes. I mean, it's yeah. it's um, one of the um, California, two of the California characteristics of why Carrigan was so popular with the big wineries was um, it it came towards the end of the harvest cycle. So I'm talking like Gallo. Um, it was huge. <laughs> in case anybody didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking Gallo. So it was mm, it, what it offered was the spice cabinet at the end of a long season. What name your varietal? You you got 500,000 gallons in this tank. You they have million gallon tanks. It's like oh my god. And so what what did the the Kerrigan have to offer? It had you know it was late harvest, so it came later harvest. So it came in with high acidity. It mm -hmm. came in with intensity of fruit. Its, it's fruit expression is undeniably accurate always. Mm -hmm. You can, if we aged a Zinfandel, mm -hmm. any of our Zins, mm -hmm. to that late of date, we would be into the prune and yep. stewed, yeah. fruit, stewed fruit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, stewed fruit. Stewed fruit. <laughs> you know, if not, the younger vines would be in the. Not to mention, gym. what alcohol level would you be at? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. And these, I don't. I think we're at like fourteen point two here. So. Yeah, there's oh, no oh, our I don't have my glasses. You tell me. Fourteen point two one. Yeah. You were off by. I. <laughs> Come on, girl. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I think we usually bring this in, and it's still at like twenty-five bricks. So yeah, yeah. Wow. And so, now I did interrupt you. Debbie had asked the question of food pairings um, and and suggestions, and she had mentioned that you're a vegetarian, Tana. So I'm interested in that because the big joke is I love wine, but I don't eat food. So. <laughs> I interrupted you. What what are some of your favorite pairings with with this, with this carignan? Um, wild rice and okay. like um, um, baked squash, um, like a, an acorn squash. Oh, um, you're talking my I jam think, there. 
with yeah with really <laughs> well with this um i i said um venison uh because that's what the the chef chose with i think that was our 2015 um pork shoulder i think does really well um you know what it really goes well with pizza you were talking about that you had yeah. pizza <laughs> I had a leftover bolognese sauce. We made pizza with bolognese sauce. You know what? Yeah. It would go really yeah. well with mm -hmm. bolognese sauce. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's versatile. And I think that that high acidity makes it more versatile in some ways. I don't know. I love it. I'll just about anything would make me happy with uh -huh. it. <laughs> yeah. Greg, what about you? What would you what what are you pairing with this? I agree with she she is a vegetarian. I'm a meat guy. Yeah. So um almost Filet mignon, I think would really work well with this as I well. I can see as, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's definitely the Thanksgiving wine, you know, with the, the turkey, you know, especially, especially. Now we have ham at Thanksgiving too, and this would do well with ham as well. We have ham yeah. like, a, like a fresh ham. The, yes. um, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's just um, it can it's meet a lot of food types dead yeah. on center and run with its own expression. It's definitely, it's definitely carries its own merits. You know, when you taste, if you're acclimated to wine tasting, which we all are, um, it's just, oh, that's turning on. You know, it's um, it just, it, you know, yeah, I think it, it could be even risotto, all kinds mm -hmm. of- Like a good risotto. risotto. Awesome with that. Yeah. 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 So this is this is a side uh, bar for everybody else, but for me, this is like a main course: dried herb, roasted potatoes. Ooh, okay, oh, you know I would it. I would do that all day long with that yeah. rosemary. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh, with that rosemary. Oh, this is right. like I know people put that as their one. side dish. Paul makes that all the time. Paul makes that all the time. That's his, my husband. That's his oh, favorite side so dish. Good. That roasted amazing. potatoes with fresh rosemary from the garden and oh my gosh time <laughs> calling calling for that potatoes to, and, uh, you know roasted with olive oil and it's slightly smashed you know with the oh there yeah absolutely it brings up that brambly that that those herbs that are in here that are just incredible I, I I am just in love with this. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Glad you're enjoying it. And there's even... I just might have to stay in my office here all night and finish the bottle and not share it with my husband who's downstairs. <laughs> there's even like um, blueberry on, you know, on the back end of it that like every time I, every time I put my nose into the glass, there's another aroma that... You get that, a little bit something else. Yeah. Yeah. I like the little bit of raspberry that I get too. Yeah. I get the ba the baking spice, but a little bit more cinnamon is more pronounced. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And Michael is suggesting a paella. Ooh, Ooh I like the idea. Yes. Of the yes. Ooh, good choice, Michael. Yes. Yes. <laughs> lots and lots of suggestions for Carignan. For this and this Carignan. is just such an easy drinking, versatile, food friendly wine. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We think so too. And so I'm going to ask just what, what is the retail price for this? How did, how does somebody purchase this? Cause um, they can purchase from our website, jessiesgrovewinery.com. And I think we're at the $48 price point. Mm. 
it's for just other people. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Think that's right. I think it, I don't even, it might even be 42. I'm not sure. I, Either way, it's, it's well worth it. It's worth, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's well very, worth every cent. Yeah. Thank you. Like, like Tana was saying, there's only two vineyards that we know of, ours and the other one that she mentioned earlier, that reside in that that an, antique um, aged category. And to me, that age absolutely matters on this varietal, as well as Zen. You can't you can't get that kind of quality unless you unless you hit the century mark or further right we're at 45 dollars that's incredible right in between the 48 right and 42 the there you go <laughs> yeah. that's why we work good together we're good. <laughs> it, it is absolutely stunning that the the wine is absolutely stunning and again i have to thank michael kelly for introducing us yes, thank you michael Thank you, Michael. Um, we thank Michael too. Yes, thank yeah. you, Michael. You know, abs absolutely <laughs> stunning. And thank so you. I do want to go. We didn't talk a little bit the the beautiful horse that is on the label. Um, what's the story behind the horse? Most of the vineyards, or not most, but many of the vineyards that are here are named after um, horses that have been associated with the winery, or not with the winery, but with the ranch. And so I, we've kind of adopted that as our, um, I guess, our logo. And um, uh, our West Wind Vineyard is a Zinfandel block that was named after a horse. Um, the Fancy Quest is also um, a horse that was associated with the ranch. And the actual um, label for that wine is uh, Greg's nephew, who is um, on, uh, what's her He's name, Tamarla, which is the daughter, I think, of Fancy, Fancy Quest. Quest. Um, oh. and to, to a national level in cutting horse, he he is t considered uh, highly ranked in the professional circuit for cutting horse trainers. He's um, He actually, uh, I think it was two years ago, he came back in tech from Texas, I believe. He won, he, he got second place in the world. Wow. He is, and to Larla, you know, it's fun when you, you're you all about history yeah. and you're representing Jesse's Grove as history. And here is the great grandson of Jesse on top of a horse that is the daughter of Fancy Quest, the name of the label. <laughs> wow. And, and what is what is cutting? What is a cutting horse? Um... Cutting horse um, is is cattle related. They, they work in oh, a okay. large corral. And you, there, there's a herd of cattle in there, and you have to, you have to, as the rider in the competition is solo, you have to, you have to herd away from, you have to pull away from the herd, three or five different cows, heifers. Oh wow! Okay. And, and then you isolate it down to one, and then you're graded and judged upon your horses and your your skill as a rider to to dramatize keeping that one cow, her heifer or, or steer away from the pack. Everybody and that's the wow. only thing you wow. get back. And these horses, um, some of the, some of the deep 
cuts and and almost the horse is almost on the ground going left going right speeding the 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 cow down the rail away from the pack and stopping turning is it's phenomenal to watch I wow had the pleasure of doing that working on a ranch and in road horses that were that geared and that's what he does he trains as a professional rider and uh, he's up in jackson he has the meyer ranch his last name is meyer he um he has you know he goes back to the midwest as a professional but he also takes his amateur riders his the ones that own the horses and they ride they go with him and um you know and, and they and the amateur version are, are winning top honors as well Wow. Cool. See, I was completely off by the beauty of this horse. I thought it was yes. like a dressage type it, of uh, <laughs> the horse, the horse selection huh. there was doesn't I wouldn't say signifies quarter horse that we're that we're affiliated with. It's it's more a just dressage um type of horse. Um but it's um the emblem itself, just having the horse emblem aspect is because we're our ranch is built on horsepower and i don't mean tractor i mean horse. <laughs> you know we go back to the 1860s on this ranch and we had uh, we had teams of 40 to 50 horses here all the time you know they, they drove the the big harvesters you know as in wheat harvesters and you know it was it's all in my mom's book. It's amazing history, <laughs> but it's amazing. So it's we're, that's what we're about, and to naming it after horses is just a natural occurrence. Beautiful. And so, how can people find you? How can they uh, come taste with you? What are your tasting? In our post-pandemic <laughs> world, <laughs> post. I love it. Yes, uh, post. We like the word post. Yeah. <laughs> um, come on out to Lodi. We're um, um, open um, every day from twelve to uh, noon, or what is it? Noon to five. Yeah. <laughs> we don't work in the tasting room. Can you tell? <laughs> That's their job. <laughs> we're open we're, sometime. <laughs> yep, we're we open noon to five, and on Saturdays and Friday Actually, and Saturday. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Friday and Saturday now we're open until seven. This is brand new. Yeah, we just extended our hours. So um, that's new to us. It is new to us. And um, we are doing a concert series right now. We have four concerts yeah. left. So oh, every seven. other yeah, every other Saturday um, we're um, doing tribute bands. And so we've got Cripple Creek and Whiskey Dawn. We've got a Bay um, Bay Company, and that's a bad company. company band. Oh, nice. We've tribute band and our last one would be a leonard skinnard so those are every yes. other saturday so, <laughs> yeah nice. so find that on yeah. our website jesse's we all heard of those groups i think foreigner journey was our first and as they called forger and our second was boston boston and what nice. was uh i forget what they think it's on that and i just Long saw a def oh, leopard tribute Long band Long that was like amazing <laughs> Oh, cool. That's amazing. It's um, fun. Yeah, we should, we've we should done look the, that up. We've done Beetle Mania, so we <laughs> the whole segment of it. We've And we've had original artists here, too. We we've, um, do, um, we've had, um, oh, gosh. Um, Stained White? Well, Stained White is, 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 
and, and uh, Tommy Castro, um, as you know, in the hip hop that we've had a uh, tribute band that, that emulated the um, Temptations. Oh, that's fun. Oh, and wow. So all of these can be purchased online? Do they purchase tickets um, online? Yes, they can. Yeah. Tell us your website. Can they um, find all Jessie's, the information on your yep. website? Um, jessiesgrovewinery.com. And can nice they find you on social media as well? Absolutely. We're on Facebook and we also do Instagram. Um, and tickets can be purchased from Eventbrite through our website. So, mm -hmm. or from the oh, website. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So they so should follow you on Eventbrite to find out all the tickets. Absolutely. Yep. yep. We'll have 800 to 1,000 people out here at these concerts. And we've been doing concerts. Wow. I think this is our 19th year of doing concerts. It's called yeah. Grooving in the Grove. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. All right, Deb, you got to get your butt out here so we can go. I know. I know. Well, <laughs> after the wedding, my daughter's getting married in October. So after the wedding, I'll actually have Sunday to Thursday free. So well, there we go. And then January, February, and March. So we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. I'd love we'll figure it. Absolutely. I would like to, on behalf of Debbie and I, thank you for coming and joining us tonight and sharing the Karen Yon, the history of Karen Yon and the amazing information about your vineyard site and Jesse's uh, Grove Vineyard. So, Slancha, cheers. Thank you thank very you so much. much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. It's, it's our pleasure. really been enjoyable. Thank you. It's thank you. Pleasure. And once again, thank you, Michael Kelly, for the introduction. Thank Indeed, you, Michael. Michael. Thank you, Michael. Cheers. Bye, everyone. Good night. Bye. This has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoytbud. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Music is Wine by Kevens. Until next week, Slancha. Special, so very, very special. You are so special. You even in the Bible. Give me the red, red wine. Give me the white, white wine. Give me the sweet, sweet wine.